The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the first football show of the 2015 season from Hawkeye's Mike. This is a different kind of podcast for Hawkeye's Mike. Quick hits, rapid responses, featuring Scott Docterman of the Gazette, Steve Batterson of the Quad City Times, and our very own Tyler Chelmwand. Each of these three will address the following. Your overall sense of the Hawkeye's football team and program going into the 2015 season. The two key offensive players who have to click for the team to succeed. The two key defensive players who have to click for the team to succeed, the two key special teams players who have to click for the team to succeed, the most important coaching assignment change during the offseason, and how that should impact performance, the keys to Saturday's opening game versus Illinois State, and a prediction, and a season prediction for this Iowa football team. Steve, Scott, and Tyler each have slightly different takes. I think you'll find all of their thoughts interesting and valid. This Hawkeyes Mike podcast is one in a series of our our weekly programs, which will include Scott Docterman and Steve Batterson as our regular expert beat writers. Tyler Chumeland will have his weekly postgame show, Quick Hits, and we'll have special guests and features from time to time. The Iowa Hawkeyes open the 2015 football season by hosting the Illinois State Redbirds, an excellent FCS team from the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Kickoff at Kinnick Stadium is at 11 a.m. The Big Ten Network is televising the game, while Gary Dolphin and Ed Podolak handle the call on radio. Iowa finished last season 7-6 overall, 4-4 four four in the Big Ten, and was blown out in the Taxlayer Bowl by Tennessee. Illinois State, on the other hand, was 13-2 overall, losing in the FCS championship game to North Dakota State by a 29-27 score. The Redbirds had a 7-1 record in their league play. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz is in his 20th year as a college head coach, his 17th year at Iowa. He's 127 and 106 overall. He's 115 and 85 at Iowa. He's only the 12th Big Ten coach in history to win more than 100 games. The biggest position change for Iowa, of course, is at quarterback, where C.J. Beathard takes over for Jake Rudock, who's transferred to Michigan. This will only be Beathard's second career start at QB. The Hawkeyes also start two new offensive tackles, Boone Myers and Ike Betker, who only have one combined start between them. This is the first time since the 2004 season that the Hawkeyes will start the year without at least one of the following. It's a leader in passing yards, rushing yards, and receptions. The Hawkeyes also lost their top two tacklers, and new starter Joe Jewel at middle linebacker will call the defensive plays. Iowa has never lost to an FCS opponent, 12-0 all-time, and the Hawkeyes have won 13 of 16 opening games with Ference as their head coach. Illinois State is coached by Brock Spack, a former Purdue star and defensive coordinator. This is Spack's seventh year at the helm of the Redbirds, and his record is 46-26. Illinois State is ranked second in the national FCS poll, and they're picked to finish second in the very tough Missouri Valley football. 
Football Conference. Iowa fans should be familiar with some of the Illinois State players, transfers from FBS and Big Ten teams. Former Hawkeye Reggie Spearman is a linebacker. Quarterback Trey Roberson started for Indiana when it visited Iowa City in 2011. Defensive lineman David Kenny also transferred from Indiana, and defensive end David Perkins is from Ohio State. The offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for Illinois State is C.J. Beathard's uncle, Kurt Beathard. And attendance is projected at less than 60,000 for this game. It would be Iowa's smallest crowd in Kinnick Stadium since 2003, and this game is also the annual Be Bold, Wear Gold game. Hawkeyes Mike football programs come to you following every game during the entire season and are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes and remember, the best defense is Prefence. Let's get to our experts' commentary and predictions. They're quick hits, rapid responses. First up, Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. I, I can't think of a football team more ready or, or wanting to play a game in a season opener than this Iowa team. They've, they've had to live with the results from from last season, especially down the stretch last season for the for the past eight nine months and. You know, as you talk to this group, there, there's a, a readiness uh, just to move on. And the only way to do that is, is to take the field against somebody. And, uh, you know, from all accords, it's, it's been a fairly uh, impressive offseason in terms of, of, of uh, you know, getting the attention of, of players to uh, kind of push them forward and, and uh, regroup from what transpired a year ago. Uh, there seems to be pretty good leadership with this team, which is, uh, uh, you know, an important element in that. And I, and I think, uh, you know, it's no uh, accident that, that this year's leadership group is very senior-dominated. Uh, this group has kind of taken some ownership and kind of writing the ship for maybe what transpired last fall. And, and uh, you know, we'll all see together here in, in, uh, in uh, you know, the next couple of days how, how their work during the offseason has come together. If you take a look at Iowa on the offensive side of the ball, I think a couple of guys who really have to come through the season for the Hawkeyes to, to accomplish what they are capable of offensively, it starts obviously with C.J. Beathard behind center. There's no question about that. The quarterback move is probably the most single significant move that Kirk made during the offseason. And, and by putting the ball in C.J.'s hands, they, they've set the tone for the next year or year and a half. Uh, you know, Be it good, bad, or ugly, it's one of those things that uh, this kid has, has been in the program before years. He has an understanding of the offense and the ability has the capabilities to, to kind of create some things that maybe Iowa lacked offensively in past years. Uh, you know, I think if you look at another body on, on, on the offensive side that uh, uh, is going to need to have a, have a big, solid season, I, I think it starts with LaShawn Daniels at, at the running back spot. Iowa's running game has not been what it had been in past years, and I think LaShawn, uh, you know, now 10 pounds lighter and, uh, you know, another year smarter uh, with with some experience, I think it's positioned to have a pretty solid year if he can stay healthy. And, you know, with both he and Jordan Kenzeri, that is the big question. Uh, can those two guys at running back stay healthy? And if so, uh, you know, I think Iowa has the possibility to have a pretty solid run game, uh, given growth uh, by the guys up front. And, and there certainly are questions at, tackles, at the tackle spots that will have to be answered during the course of the season. 
Defensively, I think you take a look at, a, at this Iowa team, and I, and I think you you know the biggest question marks probably are, are still at those linebacker spots. They were they were kind of uh, you know festering sores throughout the uh, the 2014 season as those guys kind of cut their teeth and, and learned as first year starters. Uh, you know, Iowa fans, you know, I, I think developed a, a new appreciation for how valuable Christian Kirksey, Anthony Hitchens, and James Morris were as as they watched that that collection of first year guys last you know last fall really go through some struggles and, and Josie Duell moving into that middle linebacker spot that Clinton Austin played a year ago uh, he'll be the quarterback uh, from that uh, you know from that spot on the field and his ability of middle linebacker to to uh, kind of bring that group together uh, will be pretty important they're, they're, uh, a situation with uh, coaching change there with with Jim Reed taking over all all of the linebackers I think it has allowed them to kind of get a feel for what each other is trying to accomplish out there and I, I think there's a year's worth of growth there that uh, that will be big the other the other key player I think Desmond King has to have a big a big year for Iowa on the back end uh, he certainly has shown ability to to uh, you know make plays in the quarterback position if he can have a first team all ten, all Big Ten type of season I. Th- which I think he's capable of. I, I think Iowa's secondary can certainly, uh, you know, live up to its billing as probably being the, the true strength of this defensive unit. There's no question about that. Special teams, I think Iowa has has some, uh, you know, plenty of room to grow. Uh, if there have been issues with the Hawkeyes in recent years, uh, special teams have been kind of a, um, you know, a, a constant issue. Uh, and and it starts with the punting game. Dylan Kidd returns for his senior season. They uh, put him in a position where he was competing with Marshall Kane for, for the starting position. Um, you know, that competition, I, I assume, will continue to, to kind of exist during the course of the season. Kidd gets a nod uh, uh, early on, but Iowa has to do a better job of punting the football. And, and uh, you know, frankly, uh, uh, you know, the the numbers of, uh, of shanked punts and those types of things from a year ago, they, they led in, in part to Iowa's, uh, you know, issues defensively. They put the defense in a bad spot. And, and I think that, uh, you know, this will be a, a key year for Dylan Kitt. He needs to deliver. He, he was brought in for a reason as, as a junior college transfer, and his performance will be key. Uh, Desmond King is, is going to get a chance as a return guy, both on kicks and punts. His ability to make some things happen with his feet will be uh, be important for Iowa. Uh, Riley McCarron is backing him up to start with, and, and I, I think uh, you've got a couple of upper-class guys there who, who have some potential, not a lot of experience in terms of, uh, of game situations there, but uh, King is the guy out of the shoot, and uh, we'll see what happens there. I'd like to think that the most important change that, that Kirk made within his staff structure this past year was moving LeVar Woods to the tight end position uh, from his spot as an linebacker assistant. I think LeVar is, is, is a good, solid coach. and I think linebacker, uh, you know, it, it was it was an interesting mix with he and he and uh, Jim Reed working together. And, and uh, but, I, but I think by giving some added attention to, to the tight end spot, which is such a critical component of Iowa's offense, I, I think it adds attention attention to those guys and provide a, a full-time assistant to, to, for those guys to work with on a, on a daily basis. And I would expect that we'll see some growth out of that position over the course of this season and, and into the future. I think LeVar's a, a good young coach, and, and I think that uh, he certainly has plenty of talent to work with. And it, it'll be, I'm anxious to see the development of not only the guys that are back right now, but uh, uh, you know some of those younger guys in the program that they are going to get a chance to kind of grow and develop under his watch in time. 
Saturday's game against uh, Illinois State is, is an interesting starting point for a lot of reasons. I, you know, I think the key, you know, uh, you look at, at Trey Roberson to start with, and Iowa fans certainly have a have a uh, you know a history with him, and, and uh, you know he accounted for nearly 300 yards of offense in, in a game for for Indiana at Kinnick in, in 2011, gave Iowa fits with his arm and and with his feet, and earned Big Ten Player of the Week uh, honors in a loss because of it. And uh, you know, I, they're going to have to be aware of where Roberson is at uh, on the field at all times. He's working with a fairly young group of receivers this season, so uh, you know his feet, uh, along with uh, you know the the running of uh, Marshawn Capria, will be uh, it will be key elements for for Illinois State as, as they look to kind of build on last season's success. But, you know, Iowa must play uh, an aggressive brand of defense. Uh, it must be very uh, opportunistic uh, and force some turnovers. I think that will be key. Iowa recovered. Three fumbles a year ago. That's the lowest number of fumbles Iowa has recovered in a single season since they started charting that stat in 1937. Uh, the Hawkeyes really need to uh, to make some things happen defensively and force some uh, force not only force opponents to turnovers, but then finish it off by recovering the ball. Uh, the Hawkeyes' ability to do that this season will be important, and that starts this weekend against a fairly uh, veteran team that is expected to do some good things at the FCS level. I, I don't think the Redbirds have the depth that Iowa has, and I think that uh, Iowa should be able to wear them down physically as this game progresses, and, and I think that may end up being the edge in, in the long run. If I had to put a score on it, I will uh, I will uh, put Iowa uh, in the win column for its opener, uh, probably fairly close. I think it's a game that will be decided fairly late. So I'll go 24-20 Hawkeyes. The season is is an interesting uh, collection of possibilities, and uh, you know I, I, it's been interesting to see how how people have rated this Iowa team in terms of, of potential number of wins from from uh, you know uh, from far, and, and I think that uh, you you see see them all over the map, and uh, you know I could see this team winning as many as eight games during the season. I could see it also winning as few as five. I think you know there will be that handful of, of, of kind of toss up games. Uh, uh, one of those games is, is next week at Iowa State. And I think Iowa's ability to find ways to win in those games, something that the team was not very good at a year ago, will determine where this Iowa team eventually settles. I, I right now, have them as a seven or an eight-win team this season, and, and that does include the bowl game. Uh, I do think that uh, um, I, that Iowa has the potential to uh, to maybe uh, exceed that. Next, we hear from Scott Docterman. You can read Scott's articles in the Gazette and online at thegazette.com and in his blog, Doc's Office. You can also follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Docterman. Right now, the Iowa football program is in kind of a transitional state. Last year, the way they ended the season, four out of their last five games were losses. Uh, an excruciating loss to Nebraska, where they're up 24-7 to with only a couple of minutes left in the third quarter. And then to get bombed the way they did by Tennessee and the, I'm still going to call it the Gator Bowl. I think, and the, the lower ticket demand. Uh, this team, this program right now is, is kind of at a fork in the road, and I think they could go in either direction. I think there's potential there for them to go in the right direction, uh, gather themselves, move forward, uh, compete for the West Division title, get their fans back, and become that program that the Big Ten hoped for once it went to divisional play. Or I think there's potential for it to fall back into mediocrity, though, and struggle, and potentially have a new era. So uh, right now it's a fork in the road for the program, and I, I can see it going in either direction. 
Right now, I think there's two offensive players that really need to step forward for this program to to, to move uh, offensively in the right area. And I think number one, it's C.J. Beathard. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, you know, he's a new quarterback. He's the golden boy. He's the guy everybody's loved because, well, he was backup quarterback with the big arm. What happens for him going forward? He has to stay upright and he has to make smart decisions. Uh, you know, one thing with Beathard is in the past he he loved his arm. He threw down the field when it wasn't there. And last year he started to make better decisions. He took checkdowns when they're available, but also could make plays. And he can throw guys open, something that his predecessor couldn't do. So I, I think he's a really important player. Then second of all, it's got to be Boone Myers. I mean, that's the $10 position, or $10 million, I should say, position on the Iowa offensive line. I mean, you look over the years under Kirk Ferentz, Robert Gallery, Brian Bulaga, Riley Reef, and most recently Brandon Sheriff, all of whom made significant money in the NFL because they were great players. They were all either first-team Big Ten or All-Americans at Iowa. When he inherits that position, he's got to take strides and become a great player like they do. Uh, it's not going to come easy. He's going to have some lumps in the road, but I think right now Iowa has to expect some improvement from him by the end of the year. If he can do that, and I think that they have confidence that he can, um, then then he will be a linchpin to Iowa's offensive system. On the defensive side of the ball, I think it's a little bit nebulous to describe who has to be the best players. I would start, though, with Drew Ott. Uh, He's the guy, to me, he can potentially be a first-team All-Big Ten player. If if people vote on performance and not reputation, I think he can get there. Uh, And he has grown into that position. He was kind of a smallish defensive end when he was thrown in there as a a true freshman just a few years ago, but now he's grown into kind of a manster type. I mean, a tough, physical, hard-nosed guy who has uh, who has a lot of potential. So I look for him to be kind of that big guy. He can make big plays, and nothing turns the crowd around more than defensive or special teams plays. And then the other guy I really like is Miles Taylor. He's a guy who's, you know, he's physical to a, you know, a fault almost. I mean, you know, he, he and uh, LaShawn Daniels locked horns on media day and knocked LaShawn Daniels out of media day. So... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people describe him as a Bob Sanders type of player. What brings the wood? And so, if those two players can make, have big plays, I think it takes some pressure off everybody else. They've got a good secondary. Linebacker trio is improving. Uh, they're going to be a little bit not quite as talented or deep in the, in the middle part of the defensive line. Uh, they're going to have some growth there. But I think, by and large, they should be okay. Now, when you're talking special teams, um, you know, I, I, I like Marshall Kane. I like the way he changed kind of after that Iowa State game last year where he struggled early. He, had, he missed uh, three of his first four field goals, I want to say. Then he got thrown in there in a crazy situation, hit a field goal, and it just kind of changed on. He was 11 for 12 the rest of the way, one of the nation's best when it comes to kickoffs. I think he's really an important figure there. Now, conversely, I, I, I probably point t- towards returns as a vital instrument to this team. I mean, they've made a change with kickoff return with Desmond King, starting corner is, is now the return specialist for both punts and kickoffs, as well as his cornerback duties. So I find that really fascinating, and I want to see how good of a, a position player they are. I mean, you look back over the recent history of Iowa football and a lot of their woes have come in, in the special teams. I mean, they've blown uh, three games
games because of uh, fake punts, and then also three games because of not recovering kickoffs. And then you take a look at last year's Nebraska game where DeMornay Personnel returns two punts, almost one the distance, two almost the distance, and Iowa lives in the margins. So I think that whatever happens in the, in the special teams is going to dictate the outcome of a few games this year, and whether or not Desmond King takes care of the ball and generates good returns, I think it's going to be crucial of that. I, right now, when it comes to coaching, I, I'm most intrigued by how the running game generates, um, regenerates, actually, under Brian Ferentz uh, becoming the running game coordinator. And a lot of the players raved about that earlier this week when I talked to them about it. They said that they have a better understanding of each other, that they can see the bigger picture, not just their narrow vision of what they're supposed to do. And, and I think that's really important um, for this team to kind of understand where is, you know, what are the linemen doing with their blocks? How can you read the cutbacks a little bit better? Because you get a better perspective. So I really think that Brian Ferentz, if he can improve the running game, nothing will, will improve Iowa more than a better running game to get generate more first downs, take pressure off of Beathard, take pressure off the defense, and become kind of the boys of the Big Ten like they always want to be. For Saturday, I think for Iowa, containing Trey Roberson is the key. I mean, this is a guy who, between passing and rushing, generated 41 touchdowns and more than 4,200 yards last year. Uh, those are great numbers at any level. Um, if he was in the Big Ten, I would probably put him as maybe the fifth or sixth best quarterback. So I think some sort of containment on him is a, is vital for Iowa on, on defense. Uh, part of that, I think, is, is the the zone read game, you know, not not losing him, and then also in the passing game, getting pressure up front. I think Iowa will be able to do that, and then you don't want to lose sight of Marshawn Copperich in the, the running game because, you know, he ran for almost 2,300 yards and 27 touchdowns, highs in, in FCS. So, uh, But Iowa, if they contain the line of scrimmage uh, and control it like I think they will, um, they can limit a lot of those big plays. Uh, but Containing Trey Roberson to me is, is the most important part of it. Now, on offense, I think it's simply getting good play out of their tackles. Um, if they can keep you know, some veterans there, I mean, David Perkins was an Ohio State recruit. Uh, Teddy Corwin you know, is a really good player on, on the other side. Um, if they can somehow, the you know, rookie starting tackles can kind of keep them at bay, I think that's going to be vital uh, for Iowa on Saturday. If they can do that, they'll run the ball with effectiveness, they'll keep C.J. Beathard upright, and Iowa is the better team with the better players. So that's not going to be too big of an issue. As for our prediction, I mean, this is a more more challenging than usual game when you're talking about FCS versus Big Ten. Usually you just go, okay, Big Ten and, and what's the spread? Uh, Illinois State might be the best team in FCS. They were last year, and they were 38 seconds away from winning a championship. As I mentioned, Roberson was great in Indiana. He's terrific at Illinois State. Marshawn Coppridge is an NFL-caliber player if he keeps his uh, nose clean. Um, I think that right now, you know, with Iowa, if they can do what they are able to do, if they can really, the tackles come to play, they limit big plays, they can win this game decisively. I do expect Illinois State to get some plays, though. They're, they're that good of a team no matter what level. If they were in the MAC, they'd be a bowl team, maybe even a divisional champ. Uh, but I think Iowa has enough juice on the offensive side of the ball. I think they have enough grit on the defensive side of the ball that I think they pull out the win. 34-23 at Kinnick Stadium.
as for the season, you know, I didn't really have a good feel for it. And I think over the last couple of weeks, I've gotten a better feel for how the players kind of react. And, and it reminds me a little bit of, a, of two different seasons you know, over the last 10. And what, number one is 2008 and the other one's 2013. The years previous to that were, were let down seasons. You look at 2007, there was six and six. They had a lot of issues off the field, a lot of felony arrests. And you saw kind of a rededication of the program, getting back to the basics, d- developing chemistry. It took them a little time to materialize. They started three and three, and then they became the best team in the Big Ten and finished nine and four. In 2012, the adversity was more on the field, going four and eight. But I think, uh, by and large, it was uh, you know they they got better as the season progressed. So I look for Iowa to go probably eight and four, but the potential to get better. Now it's Tyler Chumlin's turn. You can hear Tyler on Hawkeye's Mike Podcasts, football, wrestling, and basketball. And you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Chumlin. I think you take a look at Iowa's program right now, and it's in a good spot, but I think it's also in kind of a kind of an apprehensive spot in that coming off a season which had some success but also had some down uh, times where they lost a couple games at the end of the season. They did go to a bowl game. They did play Tennessee. They were embarrassed in that bowl game. And I think this year, if you really want to classify it, I think it's a common parent season. I think they have some expectations going into the year, but I think those expectations are tempered with a lot of the question marks that happened in the offseason. You look at the quarterback transferring and Jake Rudock, T.J. Beathard is now the starting quarterback. And, you know, a lot of losses on defense as well with guys like Carl Davis leaving. And then the big one, Brandon Sheriff, leaving that tackle spot. He's been there for so long. Obviously winning the Outland Trophy. He's been a mainstay for Iowa's team. But, again, there are some bright spots. I think Iowa has has the chance to be successful this year, but again, it could go the opposite direction as each and every year does for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think you look at offensive players, and it starts with C.J. Beathard. No matter how you want to look at this offense, they're going to start and go and stop with C.J. Beathard. Iowa has notoriously been a running team, but the quarterback has to be able to manage the game, and the quarterback has to be able to not have too many mistakes. And C.J. Beathard is not going to be a quarterback that's going to be as consistent, I think, as a guy like a Jake Rudock or someone that Iowa's seen in the past. But he will be kind of a running gun. So we'll see if he can continue to limit his mistakes, and if that can be the case, Iowa can be successful. But I think you also look the running back position. It's very important for Iowa to have a good running back. I think Mark Weissman uh, did his time at Iowa, but I think him being gone helps their offense uh, become more dynamic with LaShawn Daniels Jr. and Jordan Kanzeri. It looks like Daniels is going to start this week against Illinois State, but Kanzeri is definitely going to work in there. So I think you look at Iowa's offense and the production, I think the most important players are definitely the running backs and Daniels and and Kanzeri and then C.J. Beathard as well. Defensive players, I think the most important defensive player is probably Josie Jewell. He's now at that, that, that middle linebacker position. He's listed there on the depth chart. He's moved around a little bit. And Iowa needs to have a starting middle linebacker that can dictate the tempo on defense. They haven't really had that uh, last year with Quentin Alston being there. He's now gone. I think you look at um, what the linebacking core can do, and I think Josie Jewell is kind of where that starts. And then the other guy that I look at for Iowa's defense to be successful is Jordan Lomax at that free safety position. He's now fully um, equipped to do the job there. He's actually, I think, going to have a very, very good season. He's shown some really good signs in the spring practice and in the spring game, and I think he's finally going to be that guy that they need on defense. So I look at Jordan Lomax, and then, of course, I look at the guys at the linebacker, especially Josie Jewell. 
special teams. Special teams has been fun for the Hawkeyes the last couple of years. They can't find a punter. Um, they finally have one in Dylan Kidd, I think. I think he's probably going to be the punter for the regular season. He's going to be there. Um, I look for him to make some de- some decent strides uh, for the Hawkeyes as well. But then on the other side of special teams, it looks like Desmond King is going to integrate in there as punt returner and kick returner. So if Iowa can get somebody explosive there to be able to do that job, then I think the Hawkeyes can have a lot of success on special teams. Notoriously good Iowa teams always have quality special teams play, and I think this Iowa team could be well-equipped to have that this season. Coaching assignments mixed up a little bit. I think that you look at Brian Ferentz and where he's at now. He's uh, running. He's coordinating the run game. I think that's important because he's been around this style of offense. He's been around what Iowa is probably going to try and do with their backs and with Sean Daniels and Jordan Kanduri. And he was and Kurt Ferentz was asked about this earlier this week in his media conference. And I think he's, he put it best in saying, you know, injecting a little bit more of that mentality, that professional mentality in the college game, which is what Brian Ferentz can do. I think you, I think you look at him as kind of that that cog that lets the running game go. And I think he's probably the most important coaching assignment change this offseason. Key to Saturday's games, I think the biggest thing is just dictate the tempo. Dictate the game. It's Illinois State, an FCS opponent again for the Hawkeyes. They've had, they've had struggles against FCS opponents before, but I think Iowa is head and shoulders above this Illinois State team. It's time to say that Illinois State's not going to push them because I think Iowa's been head and shoulders above UNI teams in the past and others that Iowa's have struggled with. But again, they need to dictate the tempo. I also think it's important they get the run game going early and they really show that they can hit on defense, especially guys like Lomax and Taylor and Maven and King, those guys in the secondary. They can step up, put a helmet to the put a helmet to the face mask, and show Illinois State that they're not messing around. This is big boy football. I think Iowa wins Saturday. I think it's, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think Illinois State is very very good. Uh, Iowa's definitely not going to be able to overlook them, but I still think Iowa's going to be able to do some things in the trenches with guys like Drew Ott and Nate Meyer, um, Bazada and Johnson and Akakadi, and those guys rotating in. I think they're going to be able to dictate on defense. We'll see how Iowa's offensive line does, but I think Iowa has the upper hand in this game. I look for them to win. It won't be a blowout by any means, but. I I still think Iowa puts up 31 points, and I think they probably hold the Redbirds to right around 13 or 17. Oh, it's another Ferentz season. So you look at you look at all the years that, that Kirk has been there, 17 now. And I think this year, as I said before, is the epitome of a Kirk Ferentz season. I think they're probably projected to win about eight games. That's probably what I would project them to win. Uh, but I, I would not be surprised if this Iowa team rattled off nine or ten wins. And I, on the other side of things, I would not be surprised if this Iowa team rattled off six or seven wins. I think there's a lot of question marks. You don't know how well C.J. Beathard will be able to man the quarterback position. I think Kevon Smith being the number one wide receiver, the true number one wide receiver is helpful. Uh, Finding, a, finding an identity at running back I think is important and finding an identity on defense but I think Iowa's secondary is very good I think their front line on defense is very good as well the only real question mark I have is the offensive line if Iowa can show up the offensive line they can have a special season with 9-10 wins in a bowl game that actually matters to Hawkeye fans but I'm going to be reluctantly conservative I'll say they're going to win between 7 and 8 games they'll end up in some sort of a bowl game and I think this year they, they'll be poised to win that bowl game because you look at what they did last year late in against a very good Tennessee team a team that looked at coming in this year and be very successful, but again, I think I will probably project out to win eight games, but I would not be surprised if they won six or seven or even ten. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy! <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard! 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on. Up to 10 washings. Moisturizes. Alcohol-free. And safe for the kids. So go ahead. Touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins. Keep your hands germ-free all day.
The Iowa Hawkeyes opened the 2015 season with a slew of questions hanging over their program. And after a mediocre 2014 season, and after being blown out in the Tax Slayer Bowl by a much younger Tennessee team. Fans were not happy, to say the least, and many remain so as season ticket sales have dipped 16% on top of a major downturn in the 2014 season. Saturday's game against FCS opponent Illinois State, as we said earlier, is expected to have less than 60,000 in attendance. But the fans aren't the only ones who have been displeased. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz's assistants, they've repeatedly said since last January that the team had not met expectations and needs to do much better. Ferentz has instituted a series of changes since the loss to Tennessee, among them morning practices, some key coaching assignments, a new starting quarterback, and, very unference-like, alternate uniforms for the Minnesota game under the lights in November. The real question is whether these changes will result in on-field, in-game improvements, and most importantly, in more wins. This is a critical year for Kirk. It's possible his job is hanging in the balance. Iowa can't afford many more, if any, downslides in ticket sales, attendance, and enthusiasm. Ferentz is closer to the end of his contract, and a buyout is now less costly for the university. There is a new UI president. Athletic director Gary Barta's contract comes up for renewal. And make no mistake about this fact. Board of Regents Chair Bruce Rastetter is focused on Iowa athletics like a laser beam. There is, and has been since January, a different vibe or a different feel in the Iowa football program. It's most pronounced in Kirk himself. I've tried. I can't quite put my finger on what this is. Focus is not quite the right term. Uh, Rededication or more serious. Those are kind of cliches. Whatever, this just doesn't feel like Ferentz Hawkeyes football as usual. And that's probably a good thing because whatever that was, it hasn't been working well for the past few years. Analysts claim that the Hawkeyes have the easiest schedule of all the teams in the Power Five conferences. Iowa has probably the best college football facilities now, certainly among the top five with the new football performance center, which has already helped with recruiting and should definitely provide a boost in terms of on-field play and wins and losses. Yet, most experts and media are still predicting that the Hawkeyes are likely to go 7-5, and five, maybe 8-4 and four if things break right. I think the most likely record is 7-5, and five, but unfortunately, I can also see a path to 5-7 and seven or 6-6. Six and six. Right now, before the season starts, I can't quite get to the 8-4 and four range, at least not until I see some real actual improvement on the field. Plus, I think Ferentz and this team need to show some style points to make believers out of the growing part of the fan base that has lost interest and even hope. My prediction for Saturday is an Iowa win, though certainly not any kind of blowout, but I also see any number of paths for an Illinois State upset. The Redbirds are an extremely good FCS team, but Iowa has never lost to an FCS team, and it would definitely be at least a mild upset if that happens this weekend in Kinnick Stadium. Just a reminder that you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and you can make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com. Go to the News and Events section and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes, and you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Also, be sure to check out all of the Hawkeyes 
Hawkeye stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette and the Quad City Times. Our thanks again to Steve Batterson, Scott Docterman, and Tyler Chumland. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast. That you'll come back for more. Remember, right here, it's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.